Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you, Lord, that it is your nature and your desire to bless your people, spiritually, physically, financially. And so, Father, we purpose today to get our eyes on the one who blesses, off the blessings and on the one who blesses. Father, open up our eyes that we might behold wondrous things from your law today. Holy Spirit, teach us what we do not see in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Everyone say, more of you and less of me. Think that's important? I do. Amen. Look in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6 this morning. We're on a series, and uh, we unhooked for, for a little bit, and we're going to hook back up today, and then we'll unhook again next Sunday. Who will be here next Sunday? Mike Plaint will be here next Sunday, and uh, so be sure that you make an effort. What's that? Morning and evening. I want to make clear, it's morning and evening, 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. I know what he's sharing on Sunday morning, and it's going to be powerful. And so I want to encourage you, make an effort to get to church. Make an effort to put a pull on the gift that God is sending us, and it'll bless you. Now, we're on this series, and, and uh, I'm not going to spend time reviewing today because I want to get into Matthew 6, but I just want to tell you, number one, it's God's nature to bless. Know that. That's your Father in heaven. Then God's blessings are spiritual and physical. Number three, the blessings of God are conditional. What did we find out Wednesday night? What did we talk about Wednesday night? Obedience. You want to be blessed? Then obey God. And then number four, we're going to get into the power of the spoken blessing. You know, your, your words are containers of life and death. You can bless things and you can curse things. Amen? And we've got to make sure we use our mouth to and our tongue to bless things. Bless is used, or the form of bless is used almost 700 times in the Bible. So if it's 700 times, I'd say it was pretty important, wouldn't you? Now, look at Matthew 6. And we're going to uh, talk about spiritual blessings today and... And I was going to go another direction, but we're going to uh, concentrate on this this morning. A couple ideas and is, number one, spiritual things come first. If you want to experience the physical side of God's blessings, then you have to put spiritual things first. Say, first things first. And then in Matthew 6, and let's start... Uh, with verse 24. Verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, or riches. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into the barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. 
Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying... What shall we eat? That sounds like our house. What shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. Say that. Your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but, everyone say but, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek first. So what comes first? The kingdom of God. Too many people are caught up with things and possessions. And is God against that? No. He wants you to have material blessings. He wants to see you blessed. We were in Grand Island on Monday at a baseball game, and as always, I always frequent antique shops because I'm looking for money. Had money here today. I was going to say leave it. I'm cleaning the church this week. But And we're going from store to store. We didn't have a lot of time. And I noticed that on the corner was this shop and, and it was dark and it had junk in the window. Just kind of places I like. Any place a, a, an American picker would frequent. And I looked and there was an old man Standing out front. And I thought, oh, okay. And he was talking to some other guy. And they didn't look like the sharpest tools in the shed. And I thought, here's my chance. And and I went up to the old boy and, and I said, are you open? And he says, no. He says, and I said, well, the guy across the street said maybe you would open for dealers. Yeah, he was an odd fellow. And I said, could I come in? No. But if you want to come back later, because if people see you coming in here, then I'll get in trouble with the the city and fire inspectors. I thought, okay. And I stood there and I said, well, can finally... It, we, we agreed. I'd come back at 5. Well, I had to run her to the ball game. By the time I came back, it was almost 5.30. I, he says, you can pull on the door. And, and I went in the first door. The other door was locked. And here he came and he let me in. I have never seen so many things in my life. You talk about things. This man had things. He had all kinds of things. I thought of Julie because there were a lot of things there you could have taken and you could have made something out of. A lot of iron And it was from floor to ceiling. And you had an aisle like this. And it's a good thing she didn't even come with me. She wouldn't have enjoyed this. And I had to work to get through every aisle. And and tripped, knocked over things. And and the whole time this man is jabbering. I think he was lonely. I smelled liquor on him. He'd he'd had a few. And... uh, you know, he, he was a lonely man. And uh, I had no unction to witness at that point. I was looking for things. 
And uh, so I pulled all the things. I thought, well, I can make money on that. And I grabbed that and I set it down. And, I, and it was heavy. And I, he tripped. He knocked over. I got a mailbox clear up at the top, a neat mailbox, pulled it down, set it here. And I was getting a little, I knew I had to get back to her because she needed her coat. So I went to the door and I looked at him and he said, I don't take checks. Cash. Well, forget it. It's still there in Grand Island. I had a nice visit for 45 minutes. Got to see a lot of things. This man was a hoarder. Have you ever seen, have you ever been in a home, a place where the individual is an actual hoarder? Kind of like our house is getting to be. This man was caught up with material things. And he loved, he loved his things. And that's the way, that's what can happen. It's a danger for you and I. We can get so caught up with the material blessings and the things of God. And like I said, don't leave here thinking today, God doesn't want you to have a nice home, nice vehicle, nice possessions. He does. But the Bible makes it clear that we are to seek what? First, the kingdom of God. Romans fourteen seventeen says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So, you know, you're here today, and you have things, and you like things. Like I said, nothing wrong with that. But what, what, what are you consumed with? What, what do you find yourself thinking about all the time? If you find yourself thinking about things, Things, whether it be clothing or food, material possessions, whatever, then there's something skewed, there's something off in your life. Because He deserves the preeminence. He should be number one. And if we'll put Him as number one, and we're talking about spiritual things, putting things, spiritual things first. So important. Now, when do we receive spiritual blessings? When are you blessed spiritually? When is that spiritual inheritance given to you? Is when you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. When you're born again. Say born again. The new birth opens the door to spiritual blessings. The new birth, being born again, opens the door to spiritual blessings. And a rich inheritance. But the believer is responsible. You're not going to like this part. The believer is responsible to continue to grow. And walk in the fullness of that inheritance. You and I have a responsibility. Once we're born again. And I'll read you the scripture. You don't need to turn there. Second Corinthians 5.17 says. Therefore if anyone is in Christ. He's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Isn't that wonderful to know when you receive Christ, your nature changes. You're born of His Spirit. You're, the Bible talks about you are, and we'll get in that, in, into that in the days ahead, you are in Christ or in Him. 
In him we live and move and have our being. But, I want you to see this, and this is so important, Kenyon made this statement. Each believer is placed into Christ at the time of the new birth. But he is in Christ as a seed. Everyone say seed. And unless the roots of his being root themselves in this great life he is placed into, stability is impossible. So when you're born again, you're just like a little child or a little baby. And what do you have to do with the baby? You have to help it and feed it and take care of it so it'll what? Grow. Every believer is in Christ. But His words are not in every believer. And I want to say that statement. I want it to sink in. Every believer is in Christ. When? When you're born again. But His words are not in every believer. The believers who have grown deeply, he says who have grown deeply spiritual, are the believers in whom the Word has had full control. So, spiritually mature believers, who's in control? The Word. He is. More of you and less of... What do we need of? More of the Word and less of self if we're going to grow. John 15 Verse 7 in the Amplified says, If you live in me, Jesus stated, abide vitally united to me, and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. But you have to live in the Word. We're talking about spiritually being spiritually blessed and walking in the spiritual blessings of God, and it occurs at the time of the new birth, but you have a responsibility to do something. First Peter 2, verse 2 says, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the Word. Everyone say desire. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. So why do we need the milk of the Word? So we can grow. So, so important. I do want you to look at Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. And I'm going to read it, then I'm going to read it out of the Message Bible. Hebrews chapter 5. In verse 12, it says this. Concerning the subject of spiritual immaturity, it says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. Now, we start out with milk, but what should we move on to? Solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, are mature. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both evil and good. Now let me read it to you from the message. It says, I have a lot more to say about this, but it's hard to get it across to you. Since you've picked up this bad habit of not listening... 
By this time you ought to be teachers yourselves, yet here I find you need someone to sit down with you and go over the basics on God again, starting from square one, baby's milk, when you should have been on solid food long ago. Milk is for beginners, inexperienced in God's ways. Solid food is for the mature who have some practice in telling right from wrong. Look at Ephesians. I hope you bring your Bibles. I was thinking about this yesterday, and I thought, boy, I sure got a lot lot of scriptures. Can I say something honestly? You better hope and pray that this preacher gives you the scriptures. It's the scriptures. It's the Word of God that you need. You don't necessarily need my opinion or my ideas. You've got to have the Word. If you're going to grow spiritually, it's the Word of God that will help you grow. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 14. It says that we should no longer be... That we should no longer be children... Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may what? Grow up in all things. Where? Into Him. We're talking about being in Christ at the time of the new birth. You're placed into Christ. Who is the head? Christ. So, you and I need to realize it's our responsibility to get feed on the Word of God so we can grow. And God expects us to grow. God does not want us to stay a spiritual baby. There are a lot of spiritual babies. You know, we got a nursery for babies. And a lot of babies are out in the main auditorium. Maybe we should have a special place for spiritually immature babies that don't do the Word of God on a regular basis and just have the mature ones here. What do you think about that? We won't get into that. Matthew 4, verse 4, you don't need to turn there. It is written, Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The Word of God is the bread from heaven. That is food for our spirits. And you've got to have it. I'm talking about growing up spiritually. I'm talking about spiritual blessings when they occur at the time of the new birth. But today I'm emphasizing the fact, yes, you've been blessed spiritually, but you've got to find out what your inheritance in Christ is. You know, a person, you know, can inherit an estate And not even know what he's inherited. And live his whole life and just, yeah, I've inherited an estate. I've got it. It's over there in that house. i got all those antiques, all those possessions. What do you got? Well, I don't know. But i got an estate. I inherited. Well, what do you have? I don't know. i got that house over there and there's stuff in it. Well, what kind of stuff? I don't know. It's the same way spiritually. You have, an, you have an inheritance that's been given to you, bestowed to you, free of charge. What do you got? Well, I don't know. I got the Bible. What's in the Bible? Well, I don't know. 
It's sad, but it's true. And, and what we're trying to, in the next few weeks, we're going to get, be getting into more meat. Not that I don't, you know, but it's time to get off milk and it's time to really find out who we are and then exercise our faith. Somebody came up to me today and was showing me about some, uh, a minister and what's going on and what he's proclaiming and it's, it's, a, it's not, it doesn't even line up with the Word of God. Now, I'll check it out for myself. Like I, Caleb says, you can't believe everything on Facebook. We'll, we'll get it out. We'll, and he's right. But I've got to find out. But if you don't know the Word of God and the Word of God isn't in you, then how are you going to know right from wrong? You're not. You're just going to be a guppy and be led here and be led astray over here. You're going to be seduced. You're going to be deceived. Why? Because you don't know who you are in Christ. You don't know what your spiritual inheritance is. I have somebody outside this church that calls me frequently and says, pray for so-and-so. I sit outside the church, so don't sit here and think, oh, is it me? It's not you. I don't think. No, it's not you. And this person, call, pray for so-and-so, pray for so-and-so, pray for so-and-so. And I'm polite at times. But what I'd like to say is, you pray. You exercise the spiritual blessings you've been bestowed with, and one of them is called authority. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Right? Use your authority in Christ and pray. Too many people want to dump their spiritual stuff onto other people. And it's just a telltale sign that that individual doesn't know who they are in Christ. God expects us at some point to grow up. And, and uh, like babies, we make a lot, a lot of messes. And they have to be cleaned up. Preachers will get a special award in heaven for cleaning up baby messes. All the years, too many preachers have had to clean up baby messes. When that baby could have remained stunted in their growth. Amen? I was somewhere, where was it the other day, and this individual that was working with totally deformed. Totally deformed. And I was so glad that he had a job. They'd given him a job and allowed him to work. But he was he didn't look good. And if I could help you see what people look like spiritually that are deformed. Because they've been stunted in their spiritual growth so long you would be shocked. Okay.
God expects us to grow and not stay the same. Going around the mountain. Remember, the nation of Israel had to go around the mountain for 40 years. They were disobedient. They were a bunch of big babies. What, what, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm a big baby. I didn't say you were a big baby. I just said you need to grow. How are you going to grow? You've got to get the Word. You've got to be in a p- position and place yourself in a position to grow spiritually. You've got to put roots down. People that go from church to church or hop from church to church or do not come to church consistently will not grow. It was quiet here before we started church. I knew it right away. The atmosphere was, was a little hesitant. And I thought, I'm throwing caution to the wind. I'm just, it's still quiet. You're not going to grow spiritually if you're not in the Word of God. You're not fellowshipping with Him daily, keeping your mind renewed to the Word of God. You're not going to grow spiritually if you don't put down roots in the church. There are plenty of opportunities in churches you can go to where you do not feel intimidated or threatened or feel like you have to do something or obey. That's fine. You can hook up with that, but you're not going to grow. <clears throat> When's the last time you read Job? Turn to Job. I'm almost done. I feel a need to unhook. Job, Job 23. I'll give you enough to think about today. Do you love me, Pastor? Yes, I love you. God loves you. But we speak the truth in love. It's time to grow up because God the Father wants us to walk in the fullness of the spiritual blessings He's bestowed upon us. Why? Because there are people out there that need Jesus. More of you, less of me. If there's more of me and less of Jesus, we're not going to reach out to the world. Job in verse 23 and verse 12, look at this. This is a wonderful scripture. Chapter 23, verse 12, Job says, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Powerful scripture. It's what we're talking about today. Job says, I've not departed from the commandment of his lips. I've treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. What's he saying? What's more important? The word? You know, the boys are, and we'll do this to Kathy all the time. I'll even do it. What's for dinner? Have you ever said that? Have you ever said that, coach? What's for dinner? Sometime you should just go, the word of the Lord. Get, our, get the Bibles out, boys. Open them up to Job. We're going to eat. Smith Wigglesworth, you'd go to his home before they even part, sat down to eat. They'd open the Bible. Then they'd eat. They'd get done eating, what would he do? Open the Bible. 
Jeremiah 15, 16 states, Your words were found and I ate them, and your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Your words were what? Found. That denotes you've got to look for them. Dig for them. And the word, your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. There's tremendous potential here. There's, a, there's an inheritance here for you and I. But we have to dig for it. Kathy and I, we were in another town, I don't remember, a week or two ago. And we happened to stop there at, at this store, the antique store. And I learned more from these people. And this man was in his, I bet he was 70, I, I'm guessing. And his shop was here again. It wasn't as bad as that old man. He had a little better taste. He had good stuff. And we got to talk. And I'd been in there once before. He had French bicycle posters. He had... He was a biology professor from the University of Nebraska, retired. And this man was passionate about what he had. And I'd pick something up before I'd pick it up. You know what that is? And and we'd pick up beautiful um, prints of, of botanical prints and wildlife and, and just unbelievable stuff. And she found something. I mean, we found, we, we spent 400 some dollars there. But you know, we had to look for it. It's one of those places. And he let me go down to the basement. I'm going upstairs next time. And he, he was eccentric. But, oh, if I was young, or, or even not young, if I lived in, in Seward, Nebraska, I would be there all the time. Why? Because I could learn something. Unlimited potential here. You could sit. How many like to eat? I want, I want you to think of where, where's the best buffet. In Norfolk, really, we've talked about that. It just doesn't have the variety of food. Or You can go to a buffet, and I don't know where you go to a buffet in this town. Just just in your mind, think of the best buffet you've ever been to. You could sit in a restaurant that offers, you know, like Golden Corral advertises. Wonderful buffet. How many items on the buffet? You could sit there in that restaurant with all that food around you and still die of starvation. Why? Because you've got to eat. You've got to get up. You got to go to the buffet, right? You got to fill your plate. Don't die. Don't don't allow spiritual starvation to set in. Get the word. Feed on the word. Walk in the fullness of the blessings that God has given you in Christ Jesus. Don't wait. Well, I'm just going to wait. Till we get to heaven. You know what else I've been thinking about? 
I'll leave you with this wonderful, uplifting thought. You, everyone look at your neighbor and say, you will stand before God and be judged for what you did in this life. You think you're going to be judged? I'm in another room. But you will be judged. What are you doing with the word? What are you going to do with the word of God? What you do with the word of God today will determine what the word of God will do for you tomorrow. Well, you're looking at me like, is that all in the Bible? Yeah. Let's stand our feet this morning.